0: Jesus loves us individually, personally, yes, that is true. But Jesus also loves us as a whole, as humanity, as his church. And as his church, we respond to him in a certain way. Hi everyone, welcome to Not So Secular. My name is Mon Reyes, I am a Catholic lay missionary here in the Philippines, and I will be your host here today. In this episode, I'd like to weigh in on the question, are spontaneous prayers better than memorized prayers? And the reason why I thought of talking about this is because it is the beginning of November. And every time November begins, we celebrate All Saints Day and All Souls Day. Part of our tradition here in the country is that we visit our loved ones who have passed away. So this is a time when the cemeteries are jam-packed, as in. I remember when I was young, I would watch in the news, sa TV Patrol or sa 24 Horas, you know the the major cemeteries here in manila would be full of people coming in and going out buying flowers and candles and it, it would always be super crowded and so because of that my family and i we would decide to go visit our dead relatives and loved ones not on november 1 and 2 but you know maybe a week earlier or a week later para hindi namin kasabay yung crowds <laughs> And of course, may factor ren yung hindi naman sila sama-sama sa isang cemetery na kalibing lahat. Like we would visit different places, cause different sides of the family. You would know this, especially if you have a big family. And now that I'm married, that family has been extended even more. It's now bigger. So now we visit different cemeteries, different places throughout these weeks that we are in right now. This is a time that we spend with family an opportunity to catch up and meet up and be there and reminisce and talk about talk about our dead relatives and be with each other, you know, know more about what each of us have been busy with the past weeks or months, depending on when you last met. But a part of that tradition also, especially if you're Catholic, is we pray. We pray together. We pray for our dead. And in our case, maybe in yours also, we pray the rosary. And the thing about praying the rosary is that it's very repetitive, You pray the Hail Mary over and over. You pray five decades, that's five sets of tens of Hail Marys as you meditate upon the different mysteries that are assigned for that day. So in itself, it's very repetitive already. How much more when you visit different cemeteries, Do you I visit your different dead, and you pray the rosary for them in these separate instances. It's even more highlighted how repetitive the rosary is. And this entire experience reminded me of a question that I was asked before by one of the members of our youth ministry. And the question, we were talking about prayer during this time, about being honest with God and speaking to Him in prayer and what it means to develop a prayer life and so on. And one of the questions that we're asked is, why do we pray memorized prayers? Isn't it more sincere to use your own words? So basically, the idea is, shouldn't we pray prayers that are more personal and spontaneous? And of course, by memorized prayers, it's not just talking about, the prayers that I have memorized, the prayers that you have memorized, because that might differ, but, you know, the whole set of prayers that are memorized as a whole, structured prayers, if you want to put it that way. This includes liturgies. This includes prayer to the saints. This includes prayer by the saints. This even includes novenas and other practices like praying the rosary. This even includes the Angelus and the 3 p.m. prayer that is played by abs every afternoon. If you're familiar, we grew up on those things. And of course, I understood where the question was coming from. nga? if we're referring to prayer as sort of a conversation with God, a time for us to connect with the Lord, isn't it more true? You know, if we use our own words rather than using somebody else's? And isn't it more true to say what you mean rather than repeating a set of words over? And over, and I get that because that's not how we talk to people, you know, generally, right? We don't use the same words over and over unless you're writing an email. <laughs> and if we're looking at prayer as a conversation with the Lord, then there might be some disconnect there. So why do we have memorized prayers? Why do we use prayers of other people, saints, even if they're saints? about why do we use their prayers as our prayers? Can't we just make up our own? The answer to that, of course, the first answer is that, yes, you can. Of course, go. Sure. Pray your own prayers. No one's stopping you. In fact, I would even encourage you to pray your own prayers. That can be a very healthy way of learning how to be true before the Lord, of not hiding behind empty words and practices. One of the things that I would tell the the youth that I, I spend time with is, God already knows what's in your heart anyway. So when you're hiding from him, when you don't tell him what you mean, then who are you fooling? You're only fooling yourself, right? In Matthew chapter 6, in in this portion of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about prayer. And one of the things that he says in verse 8 is, your father knows what you need before you ask him. And then this is the part where he talks about the Lord's prayer. And so basically, for Jesus, it's not, Alam na naman ni Lord. Eh. God knows anyway, so why do I have to tell him? No, for Jesus it's God already knows. So go ahead and talk to him. God already knows and so pray. Pray. Different people do this in different ways. Some people keep a prayer journal so as they as they read their bible and as they do their devotions and daily prayer and so on. They write down their thoughts, they write down their prayers as a way also of keeping it with them as they go forward that they could revisit in the future. And it's a healthy practice because writing, it pushes you to articulate your thoughts. It pushes you to put words into the experiences and the emotions that you have within you. And that can be a very healthy practice and learning how to communicate with God in that way, I think is also very healthy for us spiritually. Because in a very real way, we are acknowledging that there is someone who is listening, that we are actually talking to a person, and that person is Jesus, that person is God. And so if you could, yes, I would very much encourage you to pray spontaneous prayers, personal prayers. However, I would not discourage you from praying memorized prayers. There is a reason why our tradition, the Catholic Church, is very rich with all of these prayers. Prayers that were written by the church, written by the people of the church, written by the saints. And there is a very good reason why we we have a treasury of these prayers that we can use. Because, of course, we don't Always know how to pray. There will be times when we won't know what to say. There will be times when we ourselves would be lost in our words. And that doesn't mean that we should stop praying because we can't pray spontaneous prayers. It just means that we'll have to pray in a different way. The beauty of memorized prayers, of structured prayers, even of borrowed prayers, is that it gives you the words to lift up your praise To the Lord, even when you don't have them yourself. Now, from there we could take it further, because the use of memorized prayers is not just for when you don't have the words yourself. The use of memorized prayers oftentimes take place in a more communal setup. For example, when you're celebrating the Holy Mass, you don't get to choose your own words when the priest is consecrating the host. You don't get to choose your own words when you are reciting the creed, for example. You don't get to do that because what you are doing in that moment as you are part of the liturgy, as you are celebrating the sacrament together, receiving the sacrament together, is that you are acknowledging that you are a part of a bigger whole. That yes, Jesus loves us individually, personally. Yes, that is true. But Jesus also loves us as a whole, as humanity, as His church. And as His church, we respond to Him in a certain way. Let's go back to the passage that I read a while ago in Matthew chapter 6. If you go to verse 7, Jesus says, When you pray, do not go on babbling endlessly as the pagans do, for they believe that they are more likely to be heard because of their many words. I think this is where most of the criticism comes from—this idea of babbling endlessly. Other translations would put it as vain repetition. Now, that, that, that memorized prayers or repeated prayers, it can sound like vain repetition sometimes. And yes, it can be used as vain repetition sometimes. But repetition, the act of repeating your prayer, is not bad in itself. In fact, we see this in the Bible. We see this in the Scriptures over and over. Let's go back to what we were talking about a while ago. Jesus teaching the Lord's Prayer. This is what happens right after, a few verses next, in this big body of sermon that Matthew presents to us. When he talks about prayer, he talks about the Lord's prayer. We call it the prayer that Jesus taught us. And it goes like this. This is how you should pray in verses 9 to 13. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So Jesus teaches the Lord's prayer. And the interesting thing is, this is not the only time that he teaches that prayer. Because if we go to Luke chapter 11, in an account of the story of Jesus written by a completely different person, Luke, here we see Jesus in Matthew's account. Because Jesus is teaching in, in a bigger body of sermons, so the Sermon on the Mount. He is teaching about prayer, and then he will go on to teach about other things. But here, it's different. The situation is different. Because instead of Jesus teaching about this as part of a bigger preaching, Jesus was instead asked by his followers. And it goes like this. Luke chapter 11, verses 1 to 4. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is in debt to us. And do not lead us into temptation." So you might notice that the same fundamental elements are there. There's a slightly, you know, different wording, and that's because it seems like these are two separate instances, but the same essence is found there. Jesus is teaching his disciples, is teaching his followers his prayer, his personal prayer. And it is a prayer that he repeats. There's there's nothing wrong with repetition. And the ancient Jews, if you want to go back to the Old Testament before the time of Jesus, the ancient Jews also practiced repeated prayers. In fact, they practiced repeated prayers during set times of the day. One of the most popular ones, most well-known, is called the Shema. This is seen in Deuteronomy chapter 6. And pay attention to the words because it might seem familiar to you. It goes like this. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and onward. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. In case you're wondering, this is the exact same answer that Jesus gives when he was asked what is the greatest commandment. It's the Shema. It's the prayer that they pray every morning and every evening, every single day. If you want another example of repetition, you have the Psalms. Now, the entire collection of the psalms in itself are used in prayer. These are used as prayers, but there's a specific psalm. There's a particular psalm that is quite repetitive if you if you look at it, and that is Psalm 136. I'm going to read to you the first five verses just to show you. It goes like this. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods, for His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his love endures forever. He alone works great wonders, for his love endures forever. In his wisdom he made the heavens, for his love endures forever. It's quite repetitive. There's a refrain. His love endures forever. His love endures forever. His love endures forever. And this goes on all the way until 26 verses. For 26 verses you get the same refrain his love endures forever his love endures forever is this babbling endlessly is this vain repetition? I it sure seems not it, it, it's we find it in the scriptures another example of set prayers is if you look at the story of Daniel for example there was this time in the story of Daniel when praying to the Lord was prohibited you should all you should just pray to the emperor, to the, uh, the king during that time. But Daniel, being the faithful Jew that he is, continues to pray to the Lord. And if you go to Daniel chapter 6, verse 11 in particular, you will find that Daniel doesn't just pray spontaneous prayers. He prays during set times of the day. There, It is a structured prayer that happens regularly during set times of the day. This is something that we find also in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2 verse 42 says, All the disciples devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. The prayers. Definite article. Not just praying as a whole, but to the prayers. The prayers that people prayed. And you go to the next chapter, chapter 3 verse 1. It says, One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. At 3 in the afternoon. Specific time. Go to chapter 10, Cornelius, a different person. Cornelius said four days ago about this hour, I was praying in my house at the ninth hour. The ninth hour for them is also 3 p.m. So this is part of where we get the practice of praying every 3 p.m. in the afternoon. These are set prayers, scheduled prayers. Does that make it less personal? No. Does that make it less sincere? No. No. And if you're still trying to grasp this better, allow me to describe it in a different way. So imagine yourself singing a song to someone that you love. If you're singing a song to God, it could be in some form of a worship song. If you're singing a song to your spouse, your significant other, it's a love song. When you sing a love song or a worship song, you're not using your own words, are you? You're, more often than not, you're using somebody else's words. You're using somebody else's melody. Does that make it less sincere? When you say I love you through that song, does it make it less meaningful? The answer is no. Even though you're using somebody else's words. Because the the sincerity of an act, of, of what you say, isn't just dependent on what you say. It's also dependent on the state of your heart As you are saying it it also matters what your intentions are and so when we pray part of that is it's important for us to constantly examine our consciences to constantly determine the disposition of our hearts discern the disposition of our hearts rather can memorized prayers and repeated prayers be be said in a meaningless manner as as a form of vain repetition Yes, but spontaneous prayers can be like that too. It's just less obvious. It matters what you say, of course, definitely. But it also matters where you're coming from as you say these things. It also matters what you mean when you say these things. And the beauty that I've found in spontaneous prayers is that typically, okay, I'm, I'm speaking about this in a general manner, typically, spontaneous prayers allow us to speak our hearts out to God to be true, to be honest, to lay down our walls, reveal to Him what is happening inside to us. It's not that He doesn't know, but it helps for us to do that. On the other hand, structured prayers, typically, not every structured prayer, but typically, it allows God to speak into our hearts. So, spontaneous prayers typically allow us to speak our hearts to God. Structured prayers typically allow God to, to speak into our hearts. This is why when we're reading the Bible or, or 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 praying a prayer, it can it it happens, those moments when we find a specific verse or a specific word from the Lord that speaks to us in a very powerful way. And more often than not, the reason why it speaks to us in that way is because we didn't think of it ourselves. It was, it came from the Lord. Let's go back to our example, praying the rosary. Is it possible to pray the rosary in in a meaningless way? Yes, yes. But praying the rosary is supposed to be prayed in a specific way. Praying the rosary is a meditative prayer. You're not just repeating meaningless words. These words are actually scriptural also. The Hail Mary is a very scriptural prayer. Most of it comes from Luke chapter 2. But as you're praying those decades of Hail Marys as you go through the rosary, you are also invited to meditate upon a specific mystery assigned for that day. So there are four sets of mysteries that we have. There's the joyful mysteries, there's the luminous mysteries, there's the sorrowful mysteries, and there's the glorious mysteries. And those mysteries, we are asked, we are invited to meditate upon a particular instance, in the life of Jesus. In the joyful mystery, most of it has to do with Jesus' birth. In the luminous mysteries, most of it has to do with Jesus' life. In the sorrowful mysteries, most of it has to do with Jesus's suffering. In the glorious mysteries, most of it has to do with Jesus' resurrection. And so as we're meditating upon these words, praying these repeated prayers over and over, we are being invited to meditate upon these mysteries, the different parts of the life of Jesus as we go along the way. And we could integrate this into our spontaneous prayers. In fact, you could pray the rosary in that way. You could pause. Every time you you start a mystery, you could pause and you could add your own intentions. There's nothing wrong with that. That is very much encouraged. But the prayer... The rosary, which gives us a structure to our prayer, can very much enrich our spiritual lives. It can enrich even our spontaneous prayers. Spontaneous prayers and structured prayers are not enemies. They don't go against each other. You don't have to choose one or the other. There is a time and place for each. And so I would like to encourage you, if you are someone who is more comfortable with spontaneous prayers, Why don't you try practicing a more structured prayer? That could be the rosary. That could be the chaplet to the divine mercy. That could be the liturgy of the hours. The beauty of these prayers is that most of them are available online already. It's easy to look them up. You have the Hallow app, for example. Um, You have the scriptures also. You could integrate that into your prayer life. You could read a certain passage every single day, go through an entire book, for, for a little bit at a time every single day and then include that in your prayer, integrate that into your prayer as you seek to listen to what the Lord is revealing to you in that. It's, a, it's often a very communal experience. We're not just isolated individuals praying to our isolated God. We are part of this bigger family. We are a member of the church. And that is what is highlighted in structured prayers. So that's the first challenge. The second challenge is if you are someone who is more comfortable with structured prayers, if that's all you pray, I would like to encourage you to add into that spontaneous prayers as well. As you're praying, your typical typical memorized prayers include, you know, your personal intentions, say what you mean, talk to the Lord, that is not a bad thing. That is something that is very much encouraged in the church. It's very important to pay attention to the words that we say. So benefits of spontaneous prayers, more honest oftentimes, um, or at least there's an opportunity to become more honest. Benefits of structured prayers is that these words have power even when you're not the one who thought of them. But alongside what we say, there is also great importance that we must place in determining the state of our hearts, in examining our consciences, in assessing our intentions when we do come into prayer. It's not bad to struggle in prayer. It's not bad to wrestle with the Lord in prayer. It's not easy. It's not easy spiritually. It's not even easy practically sometimes because you know sometimes we we just we just lose sight of it and we struggle with maintaining the habit. There's nothing wrong with that. And there are times when you won't always feel like it's personal, feel like it's spiritual. It's not based on the feelings. It's based on the relationship. It's based on the intention. It's based on the communion that you have with the Lord. And sometimes it feels good. Sometimes it doesn't. And it's the same case again when you're loving a family member. It doesn't always feel nice to love your family member, but you love them nonetheless. And there are times when you can be more open and honest with them and spontaneous and so on and random and all these sorts of things, but there are times when you just gotta do what you gotta do, <laughs> and that's a bad analogy, but you get the point, right? And to wrap things up, I would like to read an excerpt from a book called *The Jesus Creed*, written by Scott McKnight. Scott McKnight is not Catholic; he is an Anglican, and he, in this chapter, he is talking about the Lord's Prayer. But I think what he says about the Lord's Prayer here also applies to a lot of our different structured prayers that we have in the church. And so, I want to read it to you, and I would like to invite you to listen in and see how it speaks to you. From experience in his Jewish world, where liturgical prayers had a long history, Jesus knows that his liturgical prayer will provide a framework for prayer some hooks on which his disciples can hang their own praises and requests, their own complaints and queries. Also, the Lord's Prayer provides for each of us a structured conversation with God. Dallas Willard relates how using the Lord's Prayer as a framework strengthened his prayer life and how he began to live in the prayer. Jesus also knows his prayer will remind his followers of his priorities, priorities like God's name, kingdom, and will priorities physical, spiritual, and moral. As Richard Foster puts it, in prayer, real prayer, we begin to think God's thoughts after him, to desire the things he desires, to love the things he loves. As Thomas A. Kempis puts it, O Lord, you know what's good and bad, what's better and worse, what's best and worse. May my prayer be as you wish it to be are spontaneous prayers better than memorized prayers? The answer is no. There is a proper time and place for both. Thank you very much for listening all the way through. If you find what we're doing here in this podcast valuable, please do support us and there are two easy ways that you can do that. First is by sharing this with a friend. You could share it personally or you could share it in your timeline, whichever works. Anyone and everyone that you think might benefit from something like this, share this with them. You are helping me and you are helping them. The second way is you could donate to what we're doing here by going to ko-fi.com slash notsosecular. That's ko-fi.com slash notsosecular. The link is in the description so that you could view it for yourself. Your giving helps us continue what we're doing here and make it better. Helps me afford better equipment and helps afford more of my time into dedicating be dedicated here in what we're doing in this podcast we also have a facebook group called not so secular discussions and questions the link to that will also be in the description let's keep in touch you may ask me further questions that you would like me to discuss more about or topics suggestions that you would like me to talk about and so with all that said thank you very much again for listening all the way through i'll see you next episode bye